Welcome to Humans of Tech, a media initiative from Gatlings Group, aiming to inspire more people to learn technology skills and start careers in the digital world. Two, one, here we go. All right. So today I'm with uh, Shang, and uh, she's one of our Humans of Tech for this month. Humans of Tech is a media initiative from Gatlings Group aiming to inspire more people to learn technology skills and start care in the digital world. So, Shang, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Shang Gao. Uh, I'm originally Chinese, and so in Chinese uh, tradition, you should call me Gao Shang. Uh, so I grew up in China, left China when I was 21, uh, finished my graduate school in the U.S., worked in the U.S., and moved to Singapore about three and a half years ago. Uh, yeah, so ethnicity-wise, Chinese, uh, but cultural-wise, I would describe myself as a global citizen because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm uh, probably one of, uh, one of uh, the people in our generation where we grew up in multi-background um, multi or multicultural environments. Okay, that's a cool introduction. So welcome to Humans of Stake. And uh, so tell us a little bit you. more, like how, how, how much time did you spend in the US and you studied there? Yeah, I spent about 10 years in the US. So yeah, it's a combination of studying and working. All right, awesome. And so now, where are you? Right now, I'm in Singapore. Oh, um, how do you like it? Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's great. Um, Singapore has a, has a reputation of uh, being the Asian Switzerland. Right. So I guess, I mean, it's the same as any city has its ups and downs. Um, Singapore is very predictable. It's very family friendly. So which is, you know, which is one of the reasons we moved here. Um, right. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you say we, you have a family. Tell us a bit that, yeah. that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just had our uh, first daughter. My baby's uh, nine and a half months old now. Um, she's really strong, very healthy. So yeah, Singapore is great to, to raise a, a young family, uh, despite the high cost on education. So right. maybe when that happens, we we'll probably move to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually a good idea. We have free education there. All right. Yeah. So congratulations on your first daughter. So I guess you will be inspiring a lot of people because uh, you're not just uh, uh, working in one of the best tech companies in the world. You're also a mom and a leader, right? So, so tell us how you manage that. <laughs> this is going to be a part of our discussion to figure, to figure things out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a long answer. But yeah, it, in, in short, I think most moms um, have managed the, the multitasking ability. Um, yeah. if, if you are a slacker before your parents, I think you will become really hardworking after you become a parent because <laughs> the hours of the day just becomes shorter um, yeah. and you only have, you know, you, you want to spend, uh, me, <laughs> I want to spend quality time with my daughter. So yeah. that just means I need to squeeze in, be as productive as possible, squeeze in as much as, uh, you know, work done within a certain hour. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that increases my pro productivity in a way. That's good. And I, I kind of sensed that, like you're very to the point, concise, and uh, I, I really enjoyed working with you. Uh, with Get Thank you. Thank so, you. So, uh, I can recommend to every mom to be as concise as you are. <laughs> <laughs> to save time. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so um, we'll get to more of this, but maybe we can start with uh, the questions, all right? Sure. Okay, so first question, uh, more into, you know, tac tac, uh, normal, simple question, but uh, let's get started with this one first. Uh, so what about your preferences? Uh, do you prefer Android or do you prefer iOS? To be honest, I don't really have a preference. Um, I use both uh, in the past. Right now, I use an iPhone. Um, iPhone is really, we, we call it what, uh, uh, a, a smart device for dummies. <laughs> uh -huh. iPhone has everything that's built in. Um, I used Mac, so it was very easy to use iOS system throughout. But I did enjoy, uh, enjoy using Android in the past. I had a Samsung Note 2 back then. Um, Android is great for people who want to customize their services. Um, if you want to develop something, um, yeah, Android has a lot of flexibility in that way. So people have different preferences. I don't really have a preference. All right, that's awesome. Okay, thanks for your first answer. Bitcoin or Ethereum? I, I had both. <laughs> but uh, I think I sold all of my Ether for now. Um, at the, at that, that was during the um, um, entire cryptocurrency tanking. I think it was a year and a half ago, maybe. So I okay. sold all of it. Um, I think I sold my Bitcoin as well. Oh, um, wow. But again, I think these are just you know products um, of an era. Uh, Bitcoin has stayed stable. So I can't really comment on which one I prefer, but because the reason I invest in them is, is for investment, right? So whichever one makes me money, I'll, I'll prefer whichever one. Right. And how do you see the future of crypto uh, currencies evolving? Um, there are lots and lots of predictions uh, from, from really, you know, people with strong expertise. I'm, I'm not an expert in that field. I really just bought Bitcoin and Ether um, from influence of friends. Um, I do think there's a transformation in the form of currency, whether that's, that's cryptocurrency or digital currency or whatever currency, I don't know. It could be anything. Uh, Bitcoin and Ether are representatives of a form of currency in a specific time. So yeah, I think that the, the, the form of currency will transform. Um, I don't know how long cryptocurrency will persist though. All right, good answer. Uh, next one, Gmail or Outlook? I use both. I think most people probably really? use both. Um, yeah, Outlook was because of uh, work and Gmail because of personal preference. Um, I started using G Gmail since probably 2006, 2007. Um, yeah, it's, it's just becoming a, a habit, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like similar as, you know, in people in my generation, if you ask us to completely delete Facebook, it's a, it's a lot of uh, kind of strings attached because all of our histories are there. Gmail also, you know, I've used Gmail for so many years, so it's a bit difficult to switch to other products. But for work-related emails, um, because of company company preferences, I, I still use Outlook. Okay, cool. And next question is, uh, what is the best gift, a digital gift, that you've ever given? A digital gift? Uh, I don't. Um, I don't know if this qualifies. Uh, so for my for my. For my husband's brother's uh, Christmas gift, um, we had a Secret Santa gift. 
I give him a gift of uh, a donation in one of the um, preservatories in Africa, uh, and which happened to be run by by uh, my husband's brother's girlfriend at the time, <laughs> which I didn't know. Um, but that was through digital payments. Um, it's not a digital gift, but I think that's one of the best gifts I've ever um, I've ever ever given, because it's it shows. I know that's his. That would be his preference as well. He's a very environmental conscious guy. He's a vegan as well. Um, I I know that he would prefer that kind of uh, gift, which you know donates and you know spend money on something that's needed, rather than any material uh, gift. So that's one of my. I think that would be my answer. Okay, super super cool. Um, inspiring me to give something similar. <laughs> yeah, I can send you the link if you want. You can that that's a really I I would highly recommend that that preservatory. Um, because a lot of uh, I I do have my uh reservations on some of the um so called non for profit kind of uh donation or you know organizations. You never know where your money got spent, right? But this one is really transparent. Uh, with a really small amount of donation, you could adopt. "Quote unquote," adopt one giraffe, uh, orphan giraffe, or orphan elephant, or orphan rhino, um, depending awesome. on your, yeah, and you get to visit them as well. You get updates from them periodically, so wow. that was quite good. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I'm already checking the website now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, uh, one book that influenced you uh, and your work in the tech industry. One book. Um, I probably need to skip this one. I haven't really thought about this. <laughs> one okay, book maybe, maybe that... something that that made you decide to jump into the tech industry and not another traditional industry. Well, the reason I'm in tech is not because I plan to join tech. It was really right. a coincidence. Okay. Um, tell us about that. Yeah. Is, forget about the book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because my story is not that inspiring to, to in, in, you know, encourage people to join tech. I really just stumble upon this industry by accident. That's, that's the beauty of it. You know? <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, were not born thinking they were going to work in tech, but it's just going to end up there. So, so what was yeah. your case? Sorry? So what was your case? How did that happen? Yeah, so um, at the time, we, so my husband and I moved from Washington, D.C. to Asia, right? I took a job offer in the Philippines. So I joined right. the Asian Development Bank. Uh, it's just oh. an offer I couldn't say no. So I, I went to Philippines for like a year and a half. Um, he moved to Singapore. And then we were suffering from this, like, not so long, but long distance, right? Um, so okay. then... Uh, I decided to quit my job and join um, any company at the time. Uh, it so happened that um, my company was looking for someone with education background, which was surprising to me because I didn't know that tech industry or uh, private sector has such an influence or a strong commitment on education. Because my background is um, education economist, right? So all of my life has been spending on you know, uh, managing uh, public finance, financing into education development. And so it was really fresh to me that, you know, a company like, like my company would invest so much in the education field. And so right. that what tr that's what triggered me. 
Um, and, you know, since I joined the company, I know that there are so many people from different backgrounds. Um, we could have like a big data uh, a specialist who came from a law, law degree background. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, tech industry is a big mix of people from different backgrounds. And that's probably the beauty of it. Yeah, I share I share that feeling. I think uh, I think yeah. I, that every companies are becoming digital companies, and uh, and every every talents are becoming digital talents. Exactly. Every yeah. So are becoming digital white colors now, and that's just yeah. Cool too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So even though my story is not very inspiring to transform into tech. I, I could be one of the good examples to say that, you know, tech industry is very inclusive. It's very welcoming to people Absolutely. with different backgrounds. Um, so yeah, there, there goes me. It was a perfect example and my colleagues too. Um, many of them came from really re not even remotely related <laughs> backgrounds and they do really okay. well in tech, so. Okay. Wow, very, very cool. Um, so, so now let's talk a bit about the news. <clears throat> Um, what's the, what's the best thing that happened in 2020? Because we want to be positive. So what's the best thing? I think the best thing that happened in 2020 is for me personally, and I think a lot of people can relate to that is that it gives us time to reflect on our, our life so far. Um, because of the pandemic, uh, we, we, we could spend more time at home. Right. Most of the companies are, are um, applying work from home policy. And I happen to take a really long maternity leave, which uh -huh. is six months. And so for me, the best thing that happened to me personally was the baby, first of all, of course. But then secondly, I think I could relate to a lot of my friends is that it gives us time to reflect on our lives and think about what's the most valuable thing in our lives. Um, it's definitely not money. It's definitely not career progression, 100%. Um, it is, you know, it is family. It is, the, it, is, it is the relationship. It is the, you know, quality time that you spend with everyone around you who are important to you at, and uh, making an influence on you. Um, and I did have a lot of time to, to, to think about, um, you know, before the, my life before I went, went to the U.S., which is really which is very rare that came to my mind because I was, I was always yeah. on the go. Um, life was always busy. I had really, really few, very few times um, to, to, to have, uh, to, to think about, you know, my family, my distant family, my friends that I grew up with um, and so on and so forth. So I think that most, that the most valuable thing that happened to a lot of people this year is the moment of ref reflection on what's the most important and valuable in life. No, this is very true, and um, it resonates with with me as well. Uh, yeah, it will resonate with a lot of people watching as well. Um, twenty twenty have been a meditation year, and hopefully, yeah. us wiser. So, yeah, uh, I think so. So when we get out, we can uh, rethink our relationship with uh, the world outside and the planet. All right. Um, so, so maybe the last um, normal question, and then we get into the inspiring questions. Uh, so, so, um, what's your most memorable, uh, moment in your tech career so far? I would say that's the first year and a half, uh, maybe how long ago was that? Maybe two or three years ago. That was the first time 
um, I I mature materialized the um, idea of bringing hundreds and thousands of uh, youth the opportunity of learning uh, with my company. And so that event was the first one in the world um, for my company, at least. Um, and you know that the most uh, memorable memorable moment was just the moment when I see the faces um, that looked enthusiastic and inspired um, by the event that we created for them. Um, I can share the event's name is called AWS Ciclab Filipinas, and that that inspired about um, is that about 600 um, young Filipinos um, in the country. And so that was a really touching and memorable moment. And of course, from then on, we have enlarged the, the uh, event scale. We had um, made it more replicable in um, other parts of the world. We had done many, many events like that, but I would never, re I would never forget the first time that I've seen the 600 students face in the Philippines um, when we launched the events for the very first time. Amazing. Let's do more together on that. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think in South Africa, emerging countries, the offline is, um, is really something that, um, that, yeah. that is important when you, wanna, when you want to develop a brand and, um, and it's meaningful. I agree when I, I've organized more than 70 hackathons in my life and, uh, and that's really what's completely changed me. I was an introvert before. Uh, so you can imagine mm. having 70 hackathons. Um, it's, uh, it's what led me to be who I am. So, so yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, switch mode. We're getting yeah, into sure. the inspiring questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, who is your role model? Uh, I think my personal role model is my mother, of course. Um, I think every, everybody has their parents to thank for, <laughs> thank for, for, okay. for, for growing up to become who they are. Um, I grew up in a single parent family. So my mom had, had experienced really a, a pretty hard time, uh, you know, providing to the family at the same time, be the mother figure in, in the family, right? So um, to me, she's always this, this superwoman. Um, and, and, you know, she's one of, one of the moms that, you know, are representative for the, from that represents the whole world's mom, maybe. Um, yeah. So she, a personal, on the personal level, she's my role model. There's never, there's, there's never a no. She, she never takes no for an answer. She always has enormous amount of energy and love and passion. Um, and that, that influence, that influences other people as well. So usually people around her just feel very energized and, and very warmed um, by her. So that's, that's, um, that's one of the, some of the top qualities um, that I love from my mom. Uh, role model career-wise, I would say my managing director right now, um, he's, he's in charge of uh, APJ um, for cloud sales from, from my company. Uh, he, he's a very inspiring leader in a way that he almost remind me of, of my mother in some ways that he's a, he's a really good parent. He's a re really good parent, meaning that he would be really strict with you in front of you. Whereas behind your back, he was, he will give, he will offer you the enormous amount of support, unlimited, unconditional support. Um, I've got to know that in several occasions, right? When I, when I go to him, 
you know, directly with my questions. He will always challenge me. He will always, you know, ask the question. So what do you think? What, what can you go beyond, think outside of your box, can go beyond your pay grade and so on and so forth. Like, you know, really hard questions, but then that, that really make you think. But then behind me, he will always talk as a proud, proud parent, right? He will always pray and say, hey, you know, you see, look what Shang did, or what, look what Shang had achieved, uh, so on and so forth. So that's, that's really, really valuable. And um, he's also a really inspiring leader as well. There's always good lessons, life lessons or career lessons learned from him. Um, I really think it's a privilege for, for people of my age to work with someone like that. Um, as a, you know, e- either as a mentor, as a direct report, or as your manager, um, those people would really help you to su- succeed. And um, I think more, more importantly, <laughs> I guess both my mother and him, uh, one, one, one commonality I see between the two of them is that they really value talent, meaning that once they recognize your potential, um, that you are a talent and you are an asset, you are a treasure for the company or for the family, they will offer you unconditional support. Um, and that goes within the company and goes outside of the company as well. So that's, that's really, really valuable. Wow. Okay. I can't wait to meet that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope you have the chance to meet with him. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a man without too many words as well. <laughs> so that's, yeah. Okay, cool. Next one. So <laughs> what is the world's most pressing issue today in your perspective? Yeah, there's so many. Um, So just in my perspective and from my expertise, I would just say education. Um, Back then, when I was working in development, uh, education quality, education access uh, and and assurance, uh, financial uh, input, um, you know, uh, labor market relevance, uh, so on and so forth. There are many, many issues that are pressing uh, within the education within the education segments that that depends also on what what kind of countries are we talking about right singapore has also has um educational issues whereas uh mauritius or uh senegal or you know countries in africa might have they, they have different kind of uh struggles and and problems i'm not i'm not going to go deep into what the issues are we when I was working at the World Bank and ADB, we had publications um, analyzing all different segments of education, right? From from early childhood development, which is pre-primary, all the way until tertiary education and graduate uh, education. Um, education equity, uh, quality, access, um, so on and so forth, are some of the biggest issues um, in in my previous life, um, in in the through the lens of my previous life. Whereas since I joined tech sector, um, I do think with the empowerment of technology, I do think one of the biggest issues within education would be how do you maintain education quality? So this quality is a bit different than the quality we talked about in the past. In the past, without tech, you are talking about your classroom experience. You're talking about the interaction between teachers and students. You're talking about how responsible or how responsive teachers are. And you're talking about the curriculum design and so on and so forth. Whereas with, with, with tech intervention, 
you're more talking about a learning experience, right? We have enabled so many different channels um, to offer learning opportunities for people at different age. But it's now, if you look at, if you look at the entire provision, it's almost the overflow of information. And who is there to help learners to filter out, okay, well, these are the useful informations and these are not that relevant. Um, and, you know, parents could take some role in that and teachers could take some role in that. But let's not forget teachers and, and parents, that the intervention of technology is also new to them, right? I've seen, I've seen a video of a, a, a Spanish speaker. I, I can't remember which, which country is it from. Um, that's a parent complaining about online learning. <laughs> she was basically saying, if we don't die of COVID, we die of online learning. Meaning that <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much. Because of schools are, are dismissed, uh, schools are suspended momentarily and temporarily, a lot of the learning burden are now on the parents. Parents are as busy as they could be. At the same time, they have to manage like three, four kids, um, you know, teaching them at different levels, um, not teaching them physically, but, you know, managing, managing them where they have to go through one probably is a grade five, one probably is in college, one probably is in primary, uh, secondary level uh, education. So it's, it's just a, it's a very, very pressing challenge right now with intervention of technology. Yes, technology had made the access to learning contents easier. But at the same time, there's a huge information overflow. There's a huge dilution. Um, and that there's a huge confusion to learners in the world. Um, you know, if you have a clear objective of what you want to do, the internet is the best place. Whereas we're talking about children of, let's say, of age six to 12, they're at the most confused stage in their lives, right? They could never, they could not possibly understand what's useful, what they want to learn. Maybe, I mean, to be fair, some students do, which, you know, which is good for them. But majority of students are suffering from this information overflow. And so that reflects on the, the actual quality of your learning, right? Um, right? So, yeah, that's what I think is one of the most pressing issues. Sorry, this answer is really long. <laughs> Just in my in my field of expertise. <laughs> so, no, I think this is a it's an amazing quote I got from you today, actually. Yeah, from this parent situation, and that's something uh, I would never imagine because um, I'm not a parent. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I can't I can't no I, I try to to put myself in your feet. True. Um, we, we talk about this online thing, how amazing it is, but such, um, such a hustle for parents, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, because a lot of the learning is actually not the knowledge. It's the explaining the questions, the, uh, practical aspect of it and, um, and, and the interactions from the teacher to the child. Yeah. And, and this is not provided online unless there is a chatbot or robot virtual that will one day yeah. be the case today. Yeah, and for parents, right? But for teachers, let's not forget, um, even without COVID, they are already struggling keeping up um, with the involvement of technology um, because all of, the, all of the teachers were trained in the last decade um, if, if you're, or older, right? They're not really used to having 
technology intervention in classrooms. So I'm not talking about uh, schools in Singapore. Singapore teachers probably grew up with, te with technology, but I'm talking about what in Google's term, the next billion user, which is the majority of the countries which are developing or emerging markets, right? They grew up with, with really traditional way of learning and teaching. And so with the technology intervention, they're, they see this more as an extra burden in their daily lives rather than a, a thing that would make their lives easier or more convenient. And so that probably calls for a new round of, um, I don't know, upskilling or training uh, offered by governments or institutions or, you know, city level and municipalities, so on and so forth, to get the teachers up to date on how to use technology to empower their teaching um, skills and pedagogy, right? Instead of you seeing this as one of the burdens. Right. Wow. So if you could give those teachers a superpower, would that, what would it be? Yeah, just the knowledge of technology. <laughs> uh, maybe the passion of technology. You, can't, you can only teach them so much. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, uh, what is that term? You, you can't, uh, you, you better teach them how to fish rather than offering them fish. <laughs> right. Okay. That's, that's a very interesting view on education. And I guess from your background, it should be something yeah. that gives um, a lot of thought for entrepreneurs and investors who invest mm. in tech. Um, and then now, if you had a superpower yourself, what would it be? My superpower, I guess I would love to have the superpower of making the people I love live forever, <laughs> live longer, at least live longer than I do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if I have a superpower, um, if I have the superpower to cure, to cure, you know, uh, non-curable diseases, um, yeah, that would be, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I think, I think, yeah, uh, that's the scariest thing, right? Death. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. So, um, what's your skill? If it's not a superpower, it's the one skill uh, that you wish you had. Hmm. One skill. I would say to remain positive, uh, remain positive. Um, my husband has the skill. <laughs> so I wish I had the skill that he has. Um, he's just a very, in general, very positive person um, right. who could see negative or uh, threatening situations through a different lens. Um, that's, that's the skill that I wish to have. Hello? Yeah, and so what is your most valuable skill? My most valuable skill? Um, I would say the influence um, on people. Yeah. So, okay, let me be specific. I'm, I'm not saying I'm God. <laughs> of course not. Um, 
So I think since since from really early age, I've discovered that I could learn things a little faster than than my peer, than my play friends, you know, my my playmates, I guess. Um, and so as I grow up, uh, of course, I'm not the smartest person in 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 the room. I'm not always the the smartest person or the quickest person. What's your mind? Uh, but I do. Sorry. But you're more adaptive. You can learn faster. Something. Yeah, exactly. I think that was that would be the that's the right term. More adaptive. Um, and so one of the most valuable skill I I've discovered is you know the the ability of me grasping um, the essence of of new knowledge or information and and or experience and 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 use that to to help uh, transform uh, situations or influence uh, other people. I, I truly enjoy that, and that was one of the reasons I worked in development for for so many years, um, and that's through the vehicle of World Bank, of Asian Development Bank, right? Through the vehicle of those institutional influence, which brings public investment in a lot of places where um, the, those investments and interventions are mostly needed. Um, and in life too, I like to, you know, uh, from time to time. I go to my friends for help as well, but I also do enjoy um, sharing my view if if those are helpful to my friends um, through whatever situations that they 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 were in at the time. Okay, wow, really cool. Um, okay, so and in that direction, you are influencing people. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever given? From your own view, first. Personal advice or career advice? Uh, career advice. Okay. Um, so career advice, I have a couple, um, especially for younger people when they're, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, my first advice would be think outside of the box, right? If you are an artist. If you are a historian, if you are whatever you major in, um, think about beyond that. Think about, um, you know, f- first, sure, people say that you should follow your passion, but for a lot of people, like common people like me, I I didn't grow up with a passion. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't the most talented person. I wasn't like super smart in maths. I failed my physics class, <laughs> physics exams. Um, yeah. I'm not super, super academic or super intelligent. So what, what do common people like me do? Um, think outside of the box. Think about the things that drives you. Um, for me, like I said, it's about influencing other people, right? So what does that mean um, in real life? Gradually, um, I've taken the path from education to public policy to international development, right? Where I could be in a place where um, I could contribute to a bigger purpose. And that requires you to think outside of the box because usually uh, people in my discipline, which is education, they either you know be- become academics or they become admin or man- managerial um, positions in a university. But think bigger than that, right? Think outside of your constraint. Um, if you want to have a bigger influence on other people, maybe there are better, uh, bigger stage uh, for you. Um, and at the time, another thing out, outside of the box is that, you know, uh, very few people in, in my discipline look across 
in different departments and look across in different disciplines, see whether, you know, what else can they, can they learn? I always tell my customers, um, you know, learners who are looking to settle with, with a career or a direction in their lives, um, yeah. is that, for example, if you are an artist, maybe you want to be, look at, look at technology, look at computer science. It doesn't mean that you, you are only, your brain is only wired to be an artist, like a traditional artist. But there are so yeah. many different, different um, new industries that were that didn't exist when uh, my mother when I was my when my mother was like my age right um, I've I've come across with really cool jobs like social engineer uh, a colorist uh, <laughs> you know so on and so forth the, the, the list goes on and on right. um, I think that the number one advice is is just to think outside of the box open up your horizon talk as as many many as many people as possible to get ideas um, maybe one or two of them would be super relevant to you. Once you have the direction, you know, break break whatever the constraints or the rules around you. If people tell you, oh, no one had done that before, that's absolutely not true. You will be the first person who have done it and you would be the first, first person to prove them wrong. So think outside of your box. Don't listen to conventional judgments or opinions to tell you, no, that's not possible. Everything is possible. The only part that the only thing that's not possible is when you give up. The second piece of advice I would say um, is to prepare, prepare yourself for the best. So in in the professional world or um, at school, really, um, what I see quite happen quite often among my peers, among my interns, among um, my subordinates, is that they are waiting for they are waiting for things to happen to them um which is a right. passive way of treating a working or professional environments always prepared to the fullest this is probably a lesson i learned from my mother my mother is a very strict and very picky person for her to appraise me i have to do 150 percent. so that was a good training from my mother but then in the professional environment i found that quite useful so think, think, think in the shoes of your manager. Think in the shoes of the recruiter. Think in the shoes of the company. Why would they hire someone who's not prepared? Always prepare to the fullest, if not exceed. Prepare the 200%, and I'll guarantee you, you will succeed. Because that probably is one of the differentiators between you and your peer. If you have the same qualification, if you have the same certification, you have the same years of experience, why do they hire you versus them, right? What have you done that's additional to the ta on the table, uh, additional that you can contribute to the company? So prepare yourself to the very, very fullest. Think, if you have a goal, think from that as an end goal and work backwards. So that, those are just the two advice, advice that I could think of right now. Um, I'll, I'll stop no, there. I think it's too long now. These advice are really amazing. Um, break the constraints and the rules around you. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Prepare yeah, yourself I for mean... the best. Uh, <laughs> until you give up everything is possible. It's super powerful. And I think that's the words uh, for this interview. Um, yeah, I, I hope a lot of people will be inspired from that. Well, thank you. I hope it's not too abstract. I hope that, that, that <laughs> point, the points came across okay. <laughs> 
this is awesome. Uh, woman leader and those two punchlines, I think, uh, I think, yeah, we've done the job today. Uh, hey, Gao Chang, <laughs> looking forward to, uh, to, to do more stuff with you and really excited. I think, um, I think that was an amazing interview. Oh, thank uh, you so hope, much. I hope this will change the life of some people, either education field uh, and maybe inspire them to do like you. Uh, and, um, and yeah, I think those, those advices are, are, are good for anyone. Right. So awesome. Thank and you so much. Yeah. Thank you for, for joining Humans of Tech and, uh, and now represent the Humans of Tech around the world. Thank <laughs> you for this personalized experience. I know that this is a VIP treatment. So <laughs> really good. appreciate your time as well. It's awesome. Uh, Luke, uh, wish you to have an awesome year and uh, yeah, keep spreading the technology world and educating people to, to join our cause. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Bye Have bye. a great day. Bye. bye.